We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we break down the Wednesday NBA DFS slate. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, Rotowire, and uh, among other places. And you can check me out on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. The Rotowire DFS podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher, so don't forget to share and subscribe. Benny, welcome to another nine-game slate here in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, we're getting down to the end of it. Most of these teams are down to 10 games or less until the end of the season right here. And real quick, I just wanted to go over the bottom part of the playoff picture because these are the teams that are, you know, fighting for their playoff lives. And these are the teams where we tend to see the starters getting a few extra minutes. So in the East, we have Indiana and Detroit at 39 wins. And Chicago and Washington, two or three wins behind them at 36 and 37. And then in the West, we have Memphis at 41 in the fifth seed. Portland at 39 is the sixth seed. 
Utah has 37 wins. They're the seventh seed. And then the Rockets and the Mavs are tied with 36 wins. So the Rockets, the Mavs, Utah, Chicago and Washington, Detroit and Indy, these teams are all fighting for their playoff lives right now. So in any matchup that you see any of these teams in there, you got to think that the starters are going to be getting as many minutes as they can possibly handle at this point. You know, we've seen it with the with Houston, with James Harden playing 40-plus minutes a game right now. Uh, this is definitely something I think people need to know for the last two weeks of the season because you're going to start getting things like we saw yesterday in Cleveland where, you know, LeBron sits out and San Antonio where they let Kawhi and Duncan and, uh, you know, everybody else that, that plays significant minutes on that team rest and sit out. We're going to be looking for the teams where we know they have to win and we know that the starters are in there. Um you know, for as many minutes as they can. So just keep that in mind over these last two weeks when you're building your rosters that, you know, not every team is actually going out there and, and, and trying to win and trying to use their starters for full minutes. And if you can avoid the situations where the guys don't get to play full time and stick to the situations where they are going to get 35, 40 minutes, I think you're going to be able to build some really good rosters over the next, uh, you know, basically two weeks. All right, absolutely. Yeah, those are going to be, you know, very vital in determining what, wh- whether or not people actually have a roster that's going to give its best effort or, you know, gets filled up with scrubs and 10-day contract guys and the bottom of their barrel, their bench, so they can reevaluate what's going on for next season. So, yeah. um, absolutely, let's go ahead and start it off here. Point guard position, position is up. We've got uh, Golden State on the back-to-back along with uh, Washington, and we've got CP3. What do you want to do here at the point guard position? Yeah, I mean, I think John Wall is somebody who stands out to me. He's been a high-usage guy all season. He's been putting up big numbers, uh, triple-double kind of stats. You know, he's a good rebounder for a point guard, racks up the assist, always gets into double-digit points, winds up getting you a bunch of steals, and he's got a great matchup, fast-paced matchup uh, going up against Sacramento, one of the few teams that actually paces them up, one of the few teams that actually plays higher-scoring games than they do. I think this Washington-Sacramento game is going to be high-scoring. Vegas actually doesn't even have a lineup on it yet, so it gives me a little bit of pause because it kind of makes me think that at least some of these guys on uh, on Sacramento may wind up sitting again. You know, last game they played without Rondo and, and Boogie, and, I mean, they basically played without all their starters too. So that's the only concern I have. But, I mean, John Wall going up against Sacramento to me seems like one of the best spots we're going to find on the slate today. Yeah, John Wall against Sacramento to me it's going to be somewhat of an autoplay. Uh, in my mind, I'll be looking to get some um, exposure. I, you know what? I what I don't mind also is taking a little bit of a shot with Shelvin Mack against Golden State on the back-to-back. You know, mm-hmm. I, we've, what we've seen happen against with uh, Golden State is sort of them to dial back and lax and play lax a, a, a little bit in some of these back-to-back games at at home um, because they've they've thrown it in cruise control. And you know, they're getting closer to, to the record. And, uh, and the win, so you still expect them to play at a pretty good pace overall. But it's, I think it's as we all know, it's a little bit tougher to play with top level defensive intensity whenever you get to that point. Um, and this, you know, the dog days at the end of the season, especially when you know they've essentially, I think their magic number is like four or three now to 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 lock up the number one overall seed in the NBA. So yeah, do they still have something to play for? Sure, but. I think, you know, even as some of the announcers have said in the game, which I was watching yesterday, is, like, they sort of, like, flip it on and off uh, uh, there a while, which we, which means, you know, other teams can get in there and get some fancy points against them, you know. And I think the, the, the 203 total, to me, is a little bit deceiving and low. I don't think the the uh, odds makers have paid proper respect to, you know, the team's 
uh, the the team that on the other side of the ball here, the defending champions. I, I would I would have probably took the over on two ten, uh, to be honest with you. So I think that this game is a little bit underrated, and I don't mind taking uh, a couple shots on um, some Utah guys on the other side. I don't also don't mind going Gordon Hayward, by the way, at the small forward position against Harrison Barnes. But we'll save that for small forward here uh, as well. Anybody else that you want to pump at the uh, point guard position before we move on? Yeah, well, I mean. You know, in the Dallas situation, I mean, we just talked about them. They're a team that does have something to play for here. And Darren Williams is out. So I'm actually having a little trouble kind of figuring out who I want to have in my lineup between J.J. Barea and Raymond Felton. If you look at the game logs over the last couple games, Felton has actually been the guy who's played a few more minutes. And he's been the more consistent producer of the two. Uh, in his last three games, 31, 29, 25 fantasy points. And he's priced at only $5,000 today. So that's a good, solid 5 to 6x kind of return. Now, Berea, who's also priced at the exact same price at $5,000, he's played less minutes in, in a couple of the, the more recent games, 26, 26, and 32, as opposed to Felton, who's been over 30 minutes in each game. But the games that Berea has played well in, he's had 38 fantasy point game and a 32 fantasy point game. And then he had a bad game where he only had 19 against Sacramento. So do you prefer to go with a guy like Felton, who's seeing more minutes and has been consistently in the 25 to 30 range, which is solid value? Or would you prefer to go with a guy like Berea, who's playing a few less minutes, but seems to have more upside? Um, for me, I think I'm, when I'm in this, this territory, I'm probably not looking for a cash saver. You know, I'm probably looking for a GPP home run hitter, and that's going to be Berea against Jose Calderon defense. You know what I mean? Both of them are good plays against the Knicks backcourt. I think that's you mm. know the, the, the first thing I'm going to say. But, you know, uh, as, tar- as far as point guard goes, you, you don't uh, – most people are going to be, I think, paying up for somebody, you know, in the top three. Uh, you know, John Wall, uh, Chris Paul, Steph Curry. And then down below that, you have some some nice like cheap affordable options. Um, you know, in the in the seven K range, like Brandon Knight against um, Milwaukee and whatnot. So I don't know if you necessarily have to, uh, you know, go for uh, somebody like Raymond Felton for five uh, K just to fill out your fantasy roster. Um, I I would personally, uh, you know, be taking a look at you know. Um, may, you know, maybe someone like Darren Carlson for for fifty six hundred that has a little bit more upside. That's uh, minutes wise between uh, both of them. Uh, that gets uh, a lot of you know um, minutes behind Rondo at the one and and point and minutes at the two. I you know we know that the uh, total on this game is going to be one of the better ones uh, overall. And I, the the uh, two guard situation for Sacramento and Washington is weak on both ends. Garrett Temple and Bradley Beal have been. Uh, a place that you can attack defensively for DFS uh, pretty much all season long, and so has Sacramento uh, because they've been playing, you know, essentially point guards uh, at the at the two at the two guard position. So I think I would probably spend a couple extra hundred, uh, six hundred, uh, six hundred more bucks, yeah, uh, for somebody like Darren Carlson if I was wor- looking for a little bit more cash safety, and then you know JJ Barea for five K if I was trying to do um, something with a little bit more ceiling for my tournament uh, tournament lineups. So that's how I have that breaking down, and I think we have effectively broken down the point guard position. So we'll go ahead and move on to the two here uh, on the on the Wednesday slate. What do you want to do here at shooting guard? Well, I'm assuming at this point that Goran Dragic is going to be out again. Uh, he was out in the last game. He's listed as questionable right now, but they're they're saying it doesn't look good that he's going to play. 
So if that's the case, there's a couple guys on Miami who I think we got to look at. You got Dwayne Wade at 7,500. Had a huge game last time with uh, Dragic out, put up 50 fantasy points, uh, 30 real-life points, had nine assists, you know, a couple rebounds, a couple steals, a couple blocks in that game against Brooklyn. So I think that Dwayne Wade would be one of those guys I really want to look at. They're going up against the L.A. Lakers. We know how bad the Lakers are on defense, so it's a really soft spot. And then at the low end uh, for the same team for Miami, you know, Josh Richardson has been coming in and playing some really solid minutes and putting up some decent fantasy points with him. He's played 34, 33, and 38 minutes in his last three games. 33, um, 18 was a bad game, and then 32 fantasy points. So he's a guy that's around like $4,000, $4,500 that can give you some big upside as well. And then there's two guys right at that like 5K range who I've been looking at. Uh, Rodney Hood is another one coming off a huge game last time out against the L.A. Lakers. Had 30 real-life points. And that's the thing with him is he can score points. And I like this game, you know, like you were saying with the Utah-Golden State game, I have a feeling it's going to be a little high, higher scoring than Vegas does. So if Utah's going to be in a high-scoring game, Rodney Hood is one of the guys that can put up points for them. At only 5,200, I think he can do enough to get you, you know, 25 to 30 fantasy points. Nice 5 to 6 extra turns, so I think he's in play there. And then Will Barton going up against Memphis. You know, Will Barton has, has, has the ability, and we always knew he did, and everybody was running to use him when... We found out that, um, you know, Gallinari was out, and he kind of disappointed for a little bit. But now in four of the last five games, he's gone 5X or better. He's playing just a tad under 30 minutes a game, and he's putting up about 26 to 35 fantasy points a game. So at a price of only 5, you know, around 5X, we're talking 5.5 to, you know, 7X kind of value. So I like Will Barton a little bit too, probably more as a tournament play. I think I'd prefer to stick with... uh, you know, some of the guys on the heat or maybe a, a Rodney Hood for kind of cheap if I was going in cash. But I do think that Barton has some upside for a tournament today as well. Yeah, um, so, you know, on in the same note there, um, what do you do with a guy like Gary Harris, um, who's, you know, been playing the two overall Bartons, beginning significant minutes, and, you know, how do you feel about his role against Clay, who's actually played some phenomenal defense, believe it or not. Um, you know, uh, as of late, and uh, uh, pretty much all season long there as well. Do you feel like, Clay, um, you, you want to fade Gary Harris in this spot over Will Barton? Yeah, I see, my problem with Harris is earlier in the year when Harris was playing, you know, 35 to 40 minutes a game, he was giving us solid value, meaning like 5 to 6x kind of value. But he's never really had the upside, you know. He's never really been the guy that's going out there and getting you 40 fantasy points for 5K. He was the guy that was getting you the consistent 25 to 30 fantasy points. So now he's actually playing a few less minutes. If you look in his last couple games, 23, 29, and 30 minutes, as opposed to the three games before that where he played 35, 34, and 36. So he is losing a couple minutes to Will Barton here, and that really affects a guy who's basically just a value play because if he's only going to play... You know, if he if he was getting us twenty five to thirty points in thirty five minutes, now that he's only playing twenty six to thirty minutes, he's probably going to get us a few less points. So we're probably looking at like twenty two to twenty six fantasy points. So now he's not a lock to make value anymore. So for me, I'd still rather have Barton. Again, I don't think I'd use either one of these guys in cash. You know, Harris was more of the cash game play when his minutes were solid at thirty five to forty. 
now that they're down a little bit, he's he's not as good a value anymore. And for me, Barton's the guy that has the upside. So if I'm using either one of them, it's only going to be Will Barton. And if I'm using Will Barton, it's only going to be in a tournament. All right. Um, I'm with you there as well. Um, the price has crept up on this player, but I think it's uh, still a good spot overall. And it's Devin Booker, who's um, you know pretty much shown uh, by this point that he's, I think, fairly trustworthy at the, at the shooting hour position. He's at, you know, Clay Thompson price levels. Uh, right now, you know, 7K, the price has risen up from, you know, f- at the beginning of the month, it was f- it was 4800 on March 1st. Now it's March 30th, and he's, and he's $7,000. That's a pretty uh, steep climb. But you take a look at what his game logs look like, 39 points, 31, 35, 44 fancy points. Scored 30 in his last game and 21 points or more in four straight and five out of six. So uh, absolute consistent monster at the shooting guard position there. The only uh, issue that we have to worry about is, like, is he going to get uh, Giannis uh, Tentacumpo defense? Uh, because that would be a little bit concerning. But despite that, I think he's like almost proven himself to be a, a solid, consistent cash game option. So I'm in, I am still interested at uh, 7,000. And then don't sleep on, on the, um, the lesser, lesser, lesser known Curry in the NBA. Seth Curry at 3,900 is, I believe, shooting guard eligible. On, on FanDuel, and the guy has been getting starters minutes as like, he played 33 minutes and put up 21 points uh, against Portland. So uh, that was uh, supreme value in, in that payoff uh, overall, especially at minimum salary. And I believe uh, that there could be no DeMarcus Cousins again here in this game. I think we need to await confirmation. But, but uh, aside from that, this guy is the guy that I've been waiting to be unleashed all season long because he put on such show during summer league. I was like, this guy has everything off the dribble, you know, shooting guard game. I'm obviously I'm not trying to put him in, his, in the same class with you know the reigning MVP and, and his brother, but somebody who could definitely could be a significant factor and an upgrade the two guard position for the Sacramento Kings. And now he's finally getting some run when it doesn't matter, which means it does matter for DFS. So mm-hmm. you should be definitely looking to take advantage. So go throw Steph, uh, Seth Curry, throw both Currys in your lineup. You'll probably be happy with both of them. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the small forward position here. Um, but before we do that, Benny, we have to let everybody know that if you haven't taken advantage of the 10-day free trial here on rotowire.com, you can do so with uh, this link here. All you have to do is go to rotowire.com slash pod. You get a 10-day free trial. We've got lineup optimizers for all the major sites. You want to get your uh, DFS lineup set, set and ready for NBA, or you're maybe you're uh, prepping for opening day here for Major League Baseball coming up here. We've got all the information that you're looking for, up to the minute depth charts, customizable league projections, complete draft kits, and insider information uh, for all the DFS uh, sports that you're looking for. Uh, over eight, eight different DFS sites that we can uh, project uh, numbers and optimize for you in your lineups. Rotowire.com slash pod is where you take advantage of that. All right, let's go ahead and take advantage of the top plays at the small four position here, Benny, and let me know what you want to do at the three. Yeah, to me, it's a little bit ugly here today. Um, you got Giannis at the top going up against Phoenix, which seems like a really good matchup and should be a really good spot for him. His price is down to 9200 He hasn't really played well over the last couple games, though, so it is a little bit concerning to me. But again, the matchup is so good, and you know he can score fantasy points in so many different ways. He's probably my favorite option overall here. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is supposed to be back and playing today. Uh, they're going up against New Orleans, probably a really soft matchup for him. I'm a little nervous, though, because I just think that that's a game where you know, he can definitely get pulled early, and I think that that is something that's going to happen. So you know, I'm a little bit nervous about using him. 
I think probably the guy who I have the most confidence in that is going to play big minutes and have a pretty good game is Gordon Hayward going up against the Golden State Warriors. Um, I think it's a pretty good spot for him there. I think that he's somebody that, you know, he can put up points. He's actually taken a little bit of a step back in his scoring and his fantasy points with uh, Shelvin Mack and, and Derek Favors being in there. You know, earlier in the season, he had to do quite a bit for that team because they really didn't have a lot of offensive weapons. Now with Shelvin Mack running the point, he doesn't have to handle the ball as much anymore. And with Derek Favors back, he's not getting as many shots. So I haven't really used Hayward a ton. But in a high-scoring game like this could be, you know, I think he could he could have a sneaky good game for you. I'm not a huge fan of Carmelo Anthony, so I'm really not using him, even though, you know, Dallas is probably a pretty soft matchup for him. So, like, once you get down there, now you're down into, like, the value town territory. So, you know, a guy like Otto Porter against Sacramento makes a little bit of sense to me. Um, Matt Barnes has been playing pretty well going up against Denver. His price has come up a little bit, though, so he's getting kind of expensive. And then when you look down at the bottom, I mean, you know, Harrison Barnes is a little bit interesting to me at 4,200. You know, Caspi would be interesting, but I think Gay is going to be back and playing today, so... You know, that kind of takes him off the table. And then there's not much else down there. So, like I said, it's not really a great position for me today. So I kind of have a feeling I'm going to wind up spending up on some of these guys, but it's not really something I feel all that comfortable about. All right, yeah. So I, I think, um, first of all, as you know, I'm already on board with you, well on board with Gordon Hayward at 6,900 against Golden State Warriors. Um, Golden State um, travels on the back-to-back. Utah's at at, at, at home. And um, I, I've already predicted, predicted the over on that spot, so I'm with you there. I think Rudy Gay is a guy that you can make take a look at for tournaments. He got rested um, uh, on Monday, so he's had uh, additional rest coming off the weekend. Here's gets auto auto porter defense. Auto porter consistently gets lost on the perimeter, for especially for anybody who's a jump shooter. So that could be really good for Rudy Gay coming off the rest. And um, you know, as somebody might may feel that um, he could be a fade because he has been. The game logs haven't been anything really inspiring, but if we we know that the Marcus Cousins could potentially get rested, or maybe have that um, PRP injection procedure, which could rule him out for multiple games, then then this is a chance for Rudy Gay to uh, to, to shine in that spot. So I'll be looking to get some exposure there um, as well. And um, outside of that, um, you know, I I don't I'm fine with anybody who wants to pay up with Kawhi for Kawhi Leonard against New Orleans defense there as well. I'm not buying the whole. Dante Cunningham is a, is officially a guy that we need to pay attention to type thing. I know he went rainmaker road, um, sorry, rainmaker mode, uh, or like NBA Jam style in that la- in that last game overall. But you know who is the real NBA Jam guy? It's Kawhi Leonard. So for eighty five hundred, taking advantage of uh, of that defense, which I think it's a bottom five position for me overall um, in in terms of DVP or you know fantasy um, spots that we want to attack for DFS. Uh, I'm definitely looking. Uh, for some exposure to Kawhi Leonard if you want to pay up from Gordon Hayward's price at 6900 So that's how they have the small forward wrapping up for me. Let's go ahead and move on to the four here um, on the Wednesday slate. Some big boys here up top. We've got Lamarcus Aldridge. we got uh, Porzingis, who could be in a good spot against uh, Dirk Nowitzki. It's like, um, you know, Eastern European, uh, old school versus new school. Um, let, let's go ahead and talk about what you want to do with the four. Yeah, I like. Uh, I actually like Porzingis today. I think he's in a pretty good spot, below 7K. Been putting up about 35 to 40 fantasy points in his last four games, playing a few extra minutes, so that's always something that's nice to see. I also like uh, Alex Len. I think he's pretty well-priced. He's power forward over on FanDuel now. 
Uh, $6,200 for Len. Had a big game last time out, put up 30-something fantasy points. Goes up against Milwaukee here. You know, Milwaukee does have a little bit of a weak interior defense. Big guys have been able to do pretty well against them. Pretty high total here, 211 points. So I don't hate Alex Len in this matchup either. And then um, going down to some of the cheap guys, you know, Dwight Powell has been playing some good minutes for this Dallas team right now. And the coach has said that he's going to be a part of the rotation for the end of the season here. I want to give him a few more minutes, see exactly what they got in this kid. So for 4100 I think he's a guy that I'm going to be looking at. And then from there, I'm going to be worried a little bit about some of the injury news. You know, if a guy like John Lohr's out, I think that gives Mirza a few more minutes. That makes him somebody we want to take a look at. Uh, you know, Kenneth Fareed has been on and off playing games. So if he's out, I'll probably take a look at Darrell Arthur. Zach Randolph is another guy who we're not sure whether or not he's going to play. If he's out, I think Jermichael Green is back into play. He's, uh, you know, the price on him has come down. I think Jermichael Green is, oh no, I lied. Jermichael Green's actually 5,800 today. So that's kind of steep. I mean, he's almost, yeah, he's almost a 6K player. So even if Randolph doesn't play, I still think you would need a big game out of him. But they are playing Denver. You know, big guys have been doing well against Denver. It is a paced up kind of game. So I think those are some of the guys that are that are in play and that I have on my radar right now. All right, yeah, for me, I uh, I have a similar sort of uh, setup that I have um, uh, for a couple of other positions there. I do like Porzingis at 6,900. I am fine with Marcus Aldridge. We know that the, the power forward defensive problems uh, that they've uh, the uh, New Orleans Pelicans have had um, with, with, you know, no brow and company out there. So that's a mess, obviously, and I think it's, you know, one of the top projected plays. And we know Porzingis has been turning it on as late. It looks like he's sort of hit his second wind. There and so you know he's been uh, fairly productive. He's been, uh, you know, creeping back into uh, you know double double territory uh, overall. So I like what's happening. I like that uh, he's making a push to get uh, more fancy relevant. I mean, we're talking about double doubles in three of the past four games, and you know, two of the last three three games he's got three blocks or or more. So he's really trying to get uh, involved on the defensive end and step up him from a rebound perspective, which I've been calling for for quite some time here as well. So I like those calls uh, overall. Um, I don't mind Gorgie Jang for 6,400 against the LA Clippers as long as we know Blake Griffin is not there, and I believe he's still serving the suspension. So this is still a, a couple more games that we can take advantage of a, of a weak power forward position. Gorgie mm-hmm. Jang has sort of like slipped down just a little bit in terms of, you know, he had that good run where he went, I think, six out of eight or and, and five out of the last six where he has paid off like a, a minimum of 5.6 times his value or higher. So this is a good spot for him to get back to that in, in my mind. And then the last guy I'm going to talk about here, Willie Cauley-Stein. I know I sound like a Sacramento homer here, but take a look at the game logs for yourself before you decide whether or not you think I'm, you know, full of bull honky here. How do you feel about, I don't know, 8.6, 7.7, 11.4 times value with starters minutes in three, in, in three straight games, scoring 26, 21, 13, and 14, big double-double? Um, against Portland, the guy's getting minutes, and he's getting minutes regardless. Uh, and producing, and two of those big, uh, th- two of the three biggest games in those, in those, uh, those uh, three games set were with Demarcus Cousins in the lineup. Uh, so regardless of whether or not Demarcus Cousins is activated or not, take advantage of this guy, please. While the price tag is still very, very reasonable, we know that that front line. I mean, nobody's scared of Nene and company uh, at the power forward position in terms of holding fancy value down. Draymond Green just triple doubled. 
against him, if I if I uh, remember correctly. So, uh, yeah, the, the Willie Cauley Stein is is going to be my my cheapie. Uh, you, know, you can get him a little bit down below Jermichael Green and some of the other options there as well. And you've got a great opportunity for you to to save some value, uh, save some cash, and um, play him in both cash games and GPPs. All right, let's go ahead and put a bow on the show here with the center position for the Wednesday slate and talk about what you want to do in the pivot. Yeah. You know, I don't know the status of Cousins here, but, you know, obviously if he's in, he's somebody that you have to take a look at. I do know the status of Carl Anthony Towns, and the status is this guy is going to be the rookie of the year, and he is an absolute stud. Uh, You look at his game logs, 47-44-35-49 in his last four games. The two games before that, he had 40 and 51 fantasy points. So you're getting a consistent, you know, about 45 fantasy points out of him every game right now, which is, you know, pretty crazy considering that he's, what, like a 19, 20-year-old rookie. Um, So he's going up against the Clippers. You know, again, I know that DeAndre Jordan is known as a great defender, but he's more of a off-the-ball kind of athletic shot-blocking defender than a guy who's really going to be good in stopping somebody in, you know, one-on-one situations. So I still think Towns is going to have a big game here. He's one of the guys that I'd be willing to pay up for. The other guy who I was looking at to pay up for is actually Hassan Whiteside. Yes. Great, great matchup for him against the L.A. Lakers. He's another guy that's putting up about 40 fantasy points a game. The problem that I have, though, is... He's 8,500 over here on FanDuel, and Towns is 9,000. I think Towns has a little more upside than Whiteside does. I also think Towns' minutes are a little bit safer because, let's face it, you know, Miami and basically anybody can blow out the Lakers at any given time. And what I've been noticing about Whiteside is with him coming off the bench, whenever they're in close games, he usually winds up seeing the 32 minutes a game or so that we've seen in his, in his recent game log where he's had some of his big games. But when they're up late in the fourth quarter, he's one of the guys that doesn't get that final rotation, you know, for the last couple minutes of the fourth quarter. Uh He's one of the guys that they'll kind of sit out and rest a little bit. So if he's not going to get the full minutes, that's usually the games where he goes like 35, 40 fantasy points instead of 40 to 50 fantasy points. So for the extra $500, which is not that hard for me to find today because there aren't a ton of superstars that we're paying up for. Um, I think I'd rather just go with Towns over over Whiteside. And then I wanted to get your opinion on this other guy because I actually had him in my lineup and was all set to roll him out the last game. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he was miraculously sitting for the evening. But how do you feel about Joseph Nurchik, who's getting you know, about half the game right now for Denver? And if you look at his game logs, here, here's his last couple game logs. 24 minutes, 31 points against the Clippers. 26 minutes, 33 points against the Lakers. Uh, 16 minutes, 21 points against Philly, which is still 5x at, a, at basically men price. You know, 28 against Cleveland, who's one of the best in the league at defending centers. I mean, this guy has given you 6, 4, 7, 5, 8, and 7x in his last six games. And then 7x the game before that as well, so... For, for basically men price, you're getting 24, 25 minutes and like 25 to 30 fantasy points out of this guy. He's kind of interesting to me as a cheap salary saver. Yeah, I'm in there. I want to use the Nurkic. I never trusted the Denver Nuggets rotation and Mike Malone overall, but I think at least you need a flyer for him at 1K over men price um, today for for his uh, price tag in GPPs. So definitely in on Nurkic for, as well. It's a little bit concerning because, you know, they've got Jokic there also, but... 
whenever he's been in the lineup, whether or not he's playing 16 minutes or 26 minutes, he's done damage. So yeah. you, you definitely got to get in there. Um, I think the the Carl Anthony Towns call is great. Uh, the Whiteside call to me is arguably better uh, for for you know given the matchup against the LA Lakers and five hundred dollars cheaper. But nobody will ever be surprised if Carl Anthony Towns outscores Whiteside of them. I mean, I think they're just very very similar in terms of overall upside, especially if uh, Drogic misses this game. He's going to be, you know, probably forced to fed the ball even more uh, offensively. And we know the Lakers are basically the second worst team in the league, maybe the third worst. It's sort the of second. Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Okay. All right. Fair yeah. enough. I mean, come on. I know the Lakers got housed yeah. by 48, but we still think there's, we know there's more talent on that roster than the Philadelphia 76ers. Seriously. You know, like if we were, if this was like a schoolyard and we had like Lakers and, and Philly to choose from, we'd be like sitting there with like. <laughs> You know, seven or eight guys getting picked back to back to back before anybody picks a fit, a sixer. You yeah, well, I mean? you know, you know what though? I mean, if it was the schoolyard, I think D'Angelo Russell would have got knocked out because you know snitches get snitches, and, and <laughs> you know snitches get snitches get snitches. I messed that up. Snitches get snitches. You know, so right. he's uh he. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, apparently he um you know created a a a sin in the uh you know the the bro man game where he tagged one of his buddies, uh, Nick Young, on Instagram with a picture of, like, Nick Young with some other chick in the club and his girlfriend saw it or something like that. So, you know, just because these guys have a lot of money, he's still a 19-year-old kid and he's, you know... He's still, still an idiot, yes. Still, still make some of those some of those rookie partying mistakes, I don't know. Yeah, still an idiot, yeah. You definitely deserve to get popped. All right, um, so that's what I have happening at the center position for me overall. I'm I'm, I'm locking in lineups there with Whiteside. I think uh, Whiteside slightly over uh, over Big Cat for me, but both of those are great calls. I do like Nurkic um, as a uh, GPP option there as well. And the um, last thing I'm going to say, I'm willing to take a risky uh, flyer on Greg Monroe for 5,800 uh, because it's the uh, Phoenix Suns front court. And the, trust me, the game logs have been ugly for Greg Monroe, I know. But, you know, if you're looking for somebody that's going to be super, super under-owned in GPPs because the production has been down in a good spot at home against the Phoenix Suns, I'm willing to scratch a lottery ticket on Greg Monroe because nobody wants to play him right now. And he has have had spots where he's been productive. I know his offensive role has shrunk there, but this is sort of the under-ownership that you need to take advantage. You can't just take every play that looks great on the board if you're going to hit a home run in a GPP. So there's my GPP home run play for the day. And the last thing I'm going to say is please don't fall for Alexis Ajinka. Uh, uh, Ajinsa, or however you pronounce his last name, against the San Antonio Spurs, please, on the road. I, I know people are like, oh, it's getting some extra minutes, doing some little damage, a little productive, 3,900. It's the San Antonio Spurs, okay, where all fantasy goodness goes to die. All right, if you want to roll with him and, you know, for min salary, yeah, he doesn't need to do too much to pay off that price tag, but uh, I'm not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe. That's all I'm going to say. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Don't forget to check out uh, Benny on Twitter at BennyR11. Check me out on Twitter at JoshHayesFS, and it's at Rotowire and Rotowire.com for all your season-long and DFS fantasy wants and needs. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.